Hello and welcome back to the newest episode of the Thinking Jew podcast where we dive deep into Torah and Judaism, always uncovering new depths we did not know existed beforehand. I'm your host, Rabbi Moshe Siegel, coming to you from Richardson, Texas. And as always, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, feedback. You can reach me at the Thinking Jew podcast at gmail.com. So a bunch of people reached out and asked me to finish discussing the various laws of Passover that are relevant. So for the second time, we're going to go through the halachas, the Jewish law of Passover. And then after this episode, we'll revert back to our normal style of philosophy, Kabbalah, and deeper Jewish concepts. So we discussed in the last episode, setting up your Pesach zone, preparing your house in general for Pesach. I want to discuss right now, uh, more specifically, your kitchen. The main problem in your kitchen is something called tamer flavor. The Torah teaches us that utensils can absorb flavor from food and then pass it forward to the next food that it interacts with. That's why, for example, we use different pots for milk and meat, or different forks, spoons for milk and meat or for kosher and not kosher as well. And Pesach, that same concern exists that chametz flavor can get absorbed into that utensil and then that chametz flavor will get cooked out into your Pesach food. The process for solving this and for making your vessels kosher is basically the same as when we kosher any utensil that became unkosher. And there are various ways of koshering it depending on the item and how it's used. The general idea of how we make items kosher is called kibul o kachpolto. The way it absorbs, the way the flavor enters it, is the same way that the flavor comes out of it to make it kosher. So if you use an item through cooking in hot liquids, the way you would kosher it is by putting it in boiling water. If you use it with dry heat, the way you'd kosher it is with using dry heat. So I want to go through the basic kitchen items to determine how to kosher each thing. Obviously, we're not going to cover every single item in everyone's kitchen. If you have any specific questions, you could always reach out to me directly. Let's start with the major appliances. So the most important is probably the stovetop or the range. Now, there's different types of ranges. There's gas ranges and electric ranges. So let's start with gas ranges. The grates on top of the range are heated directly from the fire, so you'd have to kosher them with direct high heat. The way you would do this is basically you clean the entire range top and especially be careful with the part below that catches food that drips. I think it's called the drip bowl or the drip pan. And make sure you get all of the food out of that. And the truth is really the best idea is you can buy new grates and drip pans. They're really not expensive. You can get them on Amazon. And if you do that, then that's easiest. You don't have to kosher it at all. Just wipe clean the whole surface of your range. And then you can just put those on for Pesach and you can save those from year to year. If not, what you'd have to do is you'd have to kosher these things. So the drip pans, you can't really kosher them. The best thing to do would be to cover them with aluminum foil. And the way to kosher the grates would be to leave them on the fire, turn on the fire as high as it goes, and leave it like that for about 10 minutes. And after that, it's ready for Pesach. Now, if you have an electric range, there's two types. If you have the coil range, that's the easiest again. you got to watch out for the drip pan below. Ideally, replace those. If not, cover that with aluminum and turn it on as high as it goes, it gets bright red hot, and also you're good to go. Obviously, also make sure that the whole surface of the general range is clean as well. If you have a glass top electric range, it's a little more problematic to make kosher. Ideally, we avoid koshering glass for Pesach. However, practically, if this is what you have and you need to use it, you can turn on all four burners at the same time, leave it like that for like 20 minutes, and then you can use it on Pesach. You should avoid, if possible, putting down any food that's hot on that area on Pesach itself. Try to keep that area dry and clean and um, just use it for your pans and pots to go on top of that on Pesach itself. Regarding the oven itself, 
If you have a self-cleaning oven, pretty simple again. The self-cleaning oven mode doesn't actually clean the door or kosher the door. So you have to clean the door yourself as well as you can with soap and water. Get rid of all of the, just the schmutz that builds up over there. Once the door is clean, run the self-clean cycle and you're good to go. You can run the shortest cycle. No reason to run it for longer than that. If you have a standard oven that doesn't have a self-clean option, then what you have to do is a more intensive cleaning out of the entire inside of the oven and the door as well and remove all of the residue. Once it's completely clean, run it on as high as it goes for about 30 minutes and then your oven is kosher for Pesach. Microwaves and dishwashers are really not kosherable for Pesach as we try to avoid koshering plastic and glass for Pesach. So if you feel like you really need a microwave, it's worthwhile investment to just buy one once. They're not so expensive. And again, you could save that from year to year. Regarding your sinks, if you have a metal sink, so again, clean out the inside very well. Don't use it for hot water for 24 hours. Then boil up a pot of water or use one of those electric urns and pour it directly over every part of the sink. Alternatively, what you could do is if you have one of these, you can buy them on Amazon also, is you could buy an immersion heater and then if you could actually fill the sink with water and bring it to a boil, then you can actually kosher it like that as well. And that's gonna all work if you have a metal sink. If you have a porcelain sink, then it's not really kosherable. And therefore what you should do is clean out the sink completely. Don't use it for 24 hours. And ideally try to buy sink inserts, which would be the easiest thing to do. Or if not, try to line it with some kind of contact paper or foil. Refrigerators are generally used only for items that aren't hot. So it doesn't really need to be kosher the same way. However, there are often a lot of crumbs that fall on your refrigerator, so it definitely needs to be cleaned out very well from any chametz residue that can be there. However, once this is done, you don't really need to do anything else. Some people are stringent and line the shelves. If you do choose to do this, you should be careful to make sure that there's either holes in it or that it doesn't completely block off the airflow because if it does, just practically that'll eventually cause your compressor to blow. So just make sure you follow proper safety protocols in all of your Pesach preparations as well. Regarding countertops, if it's granite, you can kosher a granite countertop the same way we described with your sink by pouring water over each spot on it. Um, however, practically, they often have wood cabinetry underneath it and there's a lot of water spilling and it's a big mess. So most people don't do this. And what many people just do is you can just cover the counters with tin foil or some kind of plastic. What I personally use is I buy corrugated plastic. You can buy it at Home Depot or Lowe's. You can order it online also. And basically a non-absorbent plastic sheet super easy to use and very helpful for making it fit onto counters and keeping your counters clean for Pesach. Tables should be covered and you shouldn't eat directly on the same table that you eat your year-round chametz on. So ideally you should just put a basic tablecloth or place it would suffice. It's better if you can really put down some kind of plastic underneath it a non-absorbent material between your food and the table as well. That would be ideal. Any other thing you have like your chairs in your house or your high chairs, all these types of things you just validate that you get the chametz out of these different crevices and stuff inside of them because sometimes when you're sitting there you can inadvertently get on the table so in general we'll look through these items in our house and just validate that there's no chametz on them obviously you don't need to kosher your chairs but just a, a good look through and wash down or wipe down is always a good idea now regarding the dishes and utensils and all of the stuff you use in your kitchen that was used throughout the year for hot food what most people will do is they'll buy a new set of dishes for Pesach and they'll save those from year to year. It's a one-time investment, and then you don't have to worry about it for a long time afterwards. But that said, if you would like to kosher all of the items in your kitchen, so the basic rule is that if it's made out of metal, wood, rubber, or stone, there is a way to kosher it. 
if it's made from glass, plastic, china, or ceramic, then there really is no way to kasher it for Pesach. If it can be kashered, meaning, it, again, it's made out of metal, wood, rubber, or stone, then the, you'd have to put it into a pot of boiling water if it was something that was used with liquid. Something that was used for dry heat, you'd have to put it directly on a high fire. If you have questions about the specifics of this, feel free to reach out. That's really the gist of preparing your kitchen for Pesach. If you have any other questions, definitely feel free to reach out to me. I want to now cover for the next couple minutes a few other basic laws and the laws of the Seder. So this year is unique because the day before Pesach is Shabbos. Pesach starts on a Saturday night, Sunday. So generally what we do, what happens, is the night before Pesach, we do a process called Badikas Chametz, literally means checking for Chametz. And then the following morning before Pesach, we do what's called Bir Chametz, or destroying the Chametz. This year, since the day before Pesach is Shabbos, we can't burn our Chametz on Shabbos. Everything gets pushed up a day. So we're going to do Badikas Chametz on Thursday night. And beer chametz are destroying chametz on Friday morning. The basic process of bedikas chametz is we double check our house and ensure that all unwanted chametz is gone. Since we've already basically checked the whole house, the custom is to hide 10 little pieces of chametz and someone else in your house will go around and find them, thereby accomplishing the mitzvah of checking for chametz. Just as a practical advice, if you're doing this, make sure that the chametz you're putting around your house is sealed very well. You just checked your whole house to make sure there's no chametz in it, you don't want to start dropping crumbs around. To so put it inside of a Ziploc or some other tightly sealed container so that it doesn't get lost. Also, I would just suggest it might be worth whoever's hiding them to document exactly where they placed these 10 pieces as it often happens in different houses that the hider forgets exactly where they put them. And the person finding them can only find eight or nine and then you're going to end up having bread in your house on Pesach. So to avoid that, it might be wise to just document where those 10 things are. Comes this year Friday morning, we're going to do beer chametz, which literally means destroying chametz. And once we take that chametz that we still have, the chametz we found, and any other chametz we have around, and we burn it. At the conclusion of both of these processes, we say a statement called kol chamir, which announces any remaining chametz in our possession is now ownerless. To find these prayers, you can look in the beginning of almost any Haggadah. Um, if not, I'll also post a link to it in the episode details. Now this year, even though we're destroying the chametz on Friday morning, we're still allowed to eat chametz until four hours into the day before Pesach, which is Shabbos morning. So whatever chametz you want to keep that you're still planning on eating, put that on the side for yourself and then destroy all the remaining parts that you're not planning on either consuming or you haven't sold to the non-Jew like we discussed last time. Also because this year, the day before Pesach falls out on Shabbos, there's a few other interesting halachas, laws that come up. In general, you can eat chametz up to the fourth halachic hour on the day before Pesach. So if you're in Dallas, the time of there will be Shabbos morning at 11.04 a.m. So since we're supposed to wash and have Shabbos meals, you need to finish eating your bread before 11.04 a.m. So you should start your meal early enough that you can wash and have bread and finish eating bread before then. And then you can continue eating the rest of your meal, which is not chametz, afterwards. Regarding the third meal on Shabbos, there are a few different options. Either you can eat your third meal also before 11 or 4 a.m., which would require starting your first one even earlier. Or some people wash on what's called egg matzahs for the third meal, because since it's the day before Pesach, you're not allowed to actually eat matzahs because we're anticipating the mitzvah of matzah we're going to fulfill that night. Therefore, if you want, you could have egg matzah, which you can't use for the actual mitzvah of matzah that night. Or lastly, for the third meal, you can have just fish or fruit or other items and just not wash. 
Another thing to keep in mind is ideally everything that you're going to need for the Seder should be prepared on Friday because you're not allowed to prepare on Shabbos itself for after Shabbos. So if you wanted to start preparing for the Seder once Shabbos ends, it'll end up taking a long time. And since the, one of the primary focuses of the Seder is the children, we ideally don't want to push off starting the Seder so late. It'd be best to start it right after Shabbos. And therefore, you should really prepare everything you're going to need for it in advance already on Friday. I hope you enjoyed these two a little more halachic episodes of the Thinking Jew podcast. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, thethinkingjewpodcast at gmail.com. I plan on going back to the more classical style of philosophical, Kabbalistic, deeper perspectives about Pesach and other topics going forward from here.